Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Elevate Retake. My name is Kelvin, your host, and we're glad that you've made us hopefully a part of your weekly routine. Today on the podcast, we're talking about the latest message from our Radical Faith series on the life of Elisha entitled, The Way We See. We sat down in the studio with three amazing guests. Hello guys, my name is Jose. Uh, I'm a theology major here at Southwestern, and I'm part of the Roundtable Talks. Hi, my name is Ashlyn Tyler. I'm a kinesiology major with a psych minor, and I'm also part of the Roundtable Talks. Hey guys, my name is Vitor. I am a communication major and also part of SA, and I also help run the Roundtable Talks podcast. I'm excited to jump into this Bible journey with you. Don't go anywhere. We're going to dive into the message right now. All right, so you mentioned the Roundtable podcast. Uh, talk about it a little bit. What's the project about? Where can people find you? How did it start in a couple of minutes? So how it started was uh, we were trying to dig up ideas on how we can make uh, the whole the whole purpose of the Roundtable part of essay is to make students' voices heard. Okay. So we were just digging up ways, oh, can we interview them? Can we write articles? What can we do? And, and we thought, well, isn't long-form conversation podcast just the best way to just get to know someone mm-hmm. and just hear them out you know unfiltered no edits just let them talk let them speak have their voices heard literally just heard <laughs> so we we decided to to get it started and it was it was so quick it, it, we decided we sat down one day and was like oh what about a podcast mm-hmm. and the same day we had patterson signed up to record the podcast and and that's what when we dropped the first episode and yeah, every week we've just been going at it. So if you guys can find us in the Roundtable Talks on Spotify, that's where I listen. I listen on Spotify. Spotify but y- you can go to other places, yeah, and you can just find us there. It's really cool. I want to go around the table, first of all, and uh, in any order, what was you guys' favorite part from the message uh, this past week? Ooh, can I go first? Absolutely. Because I was actually I was out of town this weekend, so okay. I ended up watching online. But before I watched it, because I didn't watch it live, I watched it on YouTube later. Okay. And but I had seen everyone's Instagram everywhere had posted one of the quotes that was on the slide, and it said, "When we shift the way we see, it changes what we see," mm. and that really stuck with me because I really appreciate the idea of getting different perspectives and different people's opinions and how they see, because we only have one perspective, us ourselves. That's right. And if we can try and see how someone else does and see from their point of view, it really changes. Oh, I didn't think about it that way. And so you see it in a whole new light. Mm. So I really appreciated that part of the message. I really like the part wherever the servant, he's like, I can't see anything. Mm-hmm. Kind of reminds me of myself. Whenever I wake up in the morning, I'm like, where are my glasses? <laughs> Wait, <laughs> I can't see. Literally can't see. <laughs> Literally. So I'm just like, I'm thinking about him and it's like, huh, then that's how he felt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, one of the, the parts I liked was uh, that even in disobedience, God allows space for us to obey. Mm-hmm. And I find it really cool because sometimes we think that, oh, because I, I, I did this wrongdoing that now it's just a whole path of wrong and whole path of wrong. But God still finds way for us to always turn back. Mm. There was this one great example that I, that I heard a long time ago that was that we walk we walk away from God 
and we think that to get back to God, we need to walk all the way back. No, when he's right behind us, mm -hmm. it's so there's always there's always space and God is always right behind us. So even if we've gone so far on the wrong path, you know, he's he's just so close to us. He doesn't make you turn around and say, no, you got to go back. Yeah, <laughs> I'll stay here mm -hmm. and then you can come back and meet me. Right. No, he, he goes behind you and he. He's right there when you need him. It's really cool. Shepherd's like Shepherd's always going after his sheep. It's like the casting crown song, one step away. You're always one step away from from the Lord. Yeah. yeah. That's a great song. Um we haven't asked this question before, but I think we're so far into the into the series. What have you guys thought about the radical faith series in general? Yeah, no, I've I've liked it. I think it's been a needed topic in terms of reevaluating mm. how we believe and how we go about faith and how we go about spreading the gospel and everything like that. Hmm. I think radical faith is something that is definitely needed. Mm -hmm. We've talked about that, especially in the world that we live in now. I wanted to ask this question. Why is it sometimes that we can't see the the things that maybe God shows us? Or, or sometimes, why do we not see the miracles that happen around us sometimes? Are, are there things that could be blocking us? What do you guys think about that? I feel like sometimes we focus on one little thing all the time okay and we forget about the bigger picture we forget that there's something more outside of what we're trying to focus on mm. uh, so god is trying to work in a way in which we're just like wait i want this done i mm -hmm. want this done but he's like just step back a bit and look at the whole thing let me try showing you what i'm where i'm trying to guide you mm. yeah. i like that a lot i think that sometimes you the question was how Maybe some, something blocks us from sure. seeing the miracles. I think sometimes we are so quick to dismiss miracles. You know, things happen and God has a way of intervening. And then it happens and we're like, oh, wow, that happened. Okay, great. Now let's get back to mm. now let's get back to normal life. And we just dismiss it. We just dismiss it completely. And then we forget about it and we don't mention it again. Like, like believing in miracles is something to be ashamed of. So mm -hmm. I think sometimes we're quick to dismiss that and not acknowledge how God really acted, you know? Hmm. How do you guys think the way that we um, see things, kind of how Michael was talking in the message, how does the way that we see things maybe impact the way that now we, we do things? Do you have an example of kind of how that like works in your mind? Like how that makes sense? Because you figure that if you just see things, something, you could probably think something different. But now that I see something completely different, it changes like the action that I make. Mm -hmm. I think one of the the biggest examples that come to my mind when I hear that kind of question is a parent's perspective in comparison to this child's perspective. Because parents are always like, oh, don't do this. Don't put your hand on the stove. Don't. Put, don't, and they're telling them, don't do this, don't do this. Mm -hmm. don't. The kids are just like, oh, but I want to do that. And, uh, but from the kid's perspective, all the parents are doing are just keeping them from doing things that they want to do. But from the parents' perspective, they're keeping them safe and they're mm -hmm. not wanting them to be harmed or anything. And once you, then once those kids grow up and become parents, then they're like, oh, I get it now. Mm -hmm. I see it. And so now they go about it the same way or maybe a little bit a different way, but they're still they understand where their parents are coming from. Mm. And I think it's a lot of things like that where two people have two different perspectives and one person thinks that this other person is doing it wrong, but in reality, they're just trying to keep them safe. Two people can be looking at the same thing and see two different things. Yes. Mm -hmm.
can the way that we see things not only change what we do, but change other people's view of us? Mm-hmm. I think it can. Yeah, absolutely. Because the things that we do is is the image that other people have of us, right? Okay. No one's going and nitpicking in our brain, so they don't know what we're like. They only see us through the, our actions, mm. right, and, to the, and through the things that we do. So the way that we do things can absolutely change the way people see us because that's all they see. Mm. So people don't see you. They see your actions. Mm-hmm. They see what you do. They see what you say. They see how you act. So that is you to other people. Mm. So I think that, yes, yes, 100%. Uh, I, I read this quote as I was looking up stuff and, and notes. It said, your perspective has the power to change your reality. When you see your circumstances the way that God sees them, problems become potential. And for the servant, all he saw was a major problem. Um, and Elisha said, don't be afraid. There's there's going to be some great potential coming out of this. Not only that, when you go back out there and you, you know, praise that God opens his eyes, he sees the chariots of fire and and the angels that are that are protecting them. Um, you brought up something interesting that leads me to a similar verse in the Bible that almost this chapter paints the picture of what that verse is talking about. Very famous chapter. It might be the most famous chapter in the Bible. Psalm 23. When David is talking about this, and and he and at the end of verse five, he says, "Oh boy, I had my Bible pulled up, but because I want to read it exactly." He says, "You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies," um, and I could only think of that verse as I was as I was listening to the sermon. I was like, "Man, that is that actually like what it looks like?" And to me, if 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 an enemy is doing something to you or chasing you or running up on you and he sees you sitting down at a meal, he's going to think one of two things. Either this guy is crazy or he's not afraid of me, right? And so, I don't know, that picture to me was just like so clear of, of like David writing this and then this, hap- and this happening the way that it happened. Um, what What example can we learn from the poor servant? who just couldn't see are we sometimes like him and and kind of and kind of why maybe have a personal example or story of how maybe we didn't see something that maybe we just weren't looking at the bigger picture of i think there's a lesson of patience in there Mm. because if he would have just been patient and trusted god then he would have seen that like everything was going to be okay. And it <laughs> reminds me of when I was way younger, my parents were part of a praise team for the Burleson Church and okay. they would have practices on, on Friday nights. And this was before I was like allowed to be left home alone. But my my mom said, okay, you need to go get your stuff and get ready so we can go be at the church so you can be with us at practice. And I was like, okay, okay. And I'm scrambling around and I didn't hear my mom leave and I didn't know that my dad was still home. And so all I thought is that, oh, my gosh, they left me. And I literally started going out on the street. And I was like, I'll just walk all the way there. I live in Cleburne. <laughs> and I'm like, I'll walk to Burleson. And little did I know my dad was still. My mom just went to go pick someone up to drive them to the church for practice. My dad was still home. My dad came driving after me. He was like, what are you doing? And it just it reminds me of kind of like that. If I would have just waited, if I would have just chilled out for a second. 
I would have realized my dad was still home <laughs> and that I wasn't <laughs> left behind and that I would be okay if Elijah's servant would have just chilled out and had some patience and some faith. He would have realized that everything was going to be okay. <laughs> right. Crazy and positive Ashlyn. <laughs> Tiny Ashlyn running around. <laughs> all the way to Burleson. That's so funny. Right? <laughs> you know, like I was going to make it all the way to Burleson. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was going to take you quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're not that far away, but still, it was going to take you quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, I think that's interesting. Having having the patience to, to not jump to a, a rash decision and, and, and uh, like the word you used, impulsive. Um, realizing not only that who i'm serving i'm serving the prophet of god <laughs> but to not freak out i think that's a great point sometimes because man we we do that so fast we're so quick to just as soon as something happens we're just either out the door or making a phone call or it's like man if you just wait and let god show you what he wants to do and work it's going to work out a lot better for you i feel like it happens a lot of the times with us um at least with me sometimes um uh, stress more about the test mm. than actually studying for the test. Um, sometimes we focus on how bad it could go, but we don't take action towards it. Mm. Uh, maybe if the servant had prayed and just trusted God, then he would have been better. He still was better off, but he would have been more calm and relaxed about the situation. Uh, I know that whenever I have tests, I stress about them so much. And I'm just like, <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to pass. I don't know. I don't know. Greek. And I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like stressing more about the test and focusing on studying. Mm. I'm just like, but what if this grade happens? Let me calculate what, what would it turned out. And I'm not like, oh, <laughs> I'm, I should be learning this. I should be remembering that. Right. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I think, oh, dang it. I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> it was right It was right here. It'll come to you. Oh, no, no, no. I remember. I got <laughs> there it. There you go. I got it back. I got it back. Okay. <laughs> so what I was thinking, it was how sometimes, uh, so th the servant's very like impulsive and he, and he doesn't trust. I think sometimes what we try to do is we want to say and we misinterpret things that happen and as signs from God. So we're trying to do something and then something goes wrong, a tiny little thing goes wrong, a oh, sign from God. You know what? I can't do it. And we just say we just give it up and we just throw it all in the air and we say, Oh, you know what? This is a sign from God. Sign from God. I can't do it. I put it in his hand and and slightest thing went wrong and maybe we just have to die down our stress and 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 just let things let things take their time. Because not everything, not everything is is in the minute. I know, I need to I need to work on that a lot. Because sometimes to me it's like, okay, it's either now, it's either now or never. You know, we either do this or not. And then if there's a slight delay, there's a slight something, then I'm like, okay, you know what? I give up. You know what? I give up. I give up. And that's something I need to work on. Because if if I trust, if I trust that God is handling, and if there's a process, then I can't just give up like that yeah. of course I, I need to i need to trust him and and if it's not meant to be it's not meant to be but allow it to give us some time mm -hmm. even if it doesn't go exactly how i planned it doesn't mean that it doesn't have to happen yeah that, i mean i think that also that was really a point and also the opposite will happen i feel like people will be like well god's being too slow i'm gonna i'm gonna do it myself i'm gonna start doing this and mm -hmm. i'm gonna work on this i'll da, 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 and they don't take a second to like 
like you like Vitor said to like calm down and to wait and listen for God's instruction and it's like another I wrote down a lot of quotes from the sermon (laughs) it's like another (laughs) another quote that he said uh is our focus on what God can do or what we might be able to do Mm. and I feel like a lot of people focus too much on doing it themselves and putting the burden on their shoulders instead of giving it up to God and being like you know praying about it and being like whatever you whatever needs to be done by your will it'll be done Mm. I feel like something that we I sometimes do as well is bring it up to God. I feel like something that we I sometimes do as well is forget about it. Forget about the miracles that God has done towards my life. Oh, that's interesting. Um, okay. The uh, Pastor Gibson says, uh, the servant is doubtful. Is this us? He is confused. The servant has seen miracles. Mm. Are we doing the same? Mm. Like, we have seen a lot of things. Mm. God has brought us through so many problems, difficulties, struggling times. And sometimes whenever we face another challenge, we're like, why? Why? Mm. But we forget that God has already helped us in the past. Uh, it reminds me of a quote that I love from Ellen G. White that it goes, um, "Why um, don't be scared of the future unless you forget what God has done to you in the past. Mm. What's crazy is that that seems to be a very prevalent theme throughout the entire Bible from the beginning. <laughs> God performs a miracle. He opens up an ocean and people seem to just forget not too long right after that. Or he literally has food falling from the sky and it's not, you know, months later, they're just back to, to doubting the God that made all that happen. I love that quote. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I think that's, that's interesting. Let me ask you this. Does the world we live in help or hurt the situation and why in terms of the way that we see things? You know, it probably hurts. It probably hurts how we see different things because of, because Satan's working overtime. Mm to make everything worse with COVID, with all the protests that have been going out, with all the uh, like political heat and fights that have been breaking out recently. He's working super hard. And we, we again, have been forgetting what God has done in the past. And we're like, oh, well, now what are we going to do? Like, oh, everything's going downhill. And, you know, we just kind of step back and we're like, all right, well, I'll just wait for God to come at this point. I won't, I won't do anything. I won't. We'll just wait mm. pretty much. And we just kind of step back and we're like, all right, well, this is a sign that the world is ending now, so (laughs) I won't do anything until God gets here. Mm. It's a very dangerous stance to take. Mm. This weekend, I was speaking to my dad. My dad's a pastor in Dallas, and we were talking about, uh, he heard some stories of some people that they they, they bought this house in the the ranch, and and they were going back to Brazil. They're going to live out, and they wanted to, they wanted to, stay away and they don't want to stay in the city and and we we know from from long time that they believe that they should hide run away and hide you know and they believe that it's close to the end of the times and talking about it and thinking about it like closer to the end of times what should we be doing should we if we believe that the ends are near should we be running away or should we be taking action? Mm-hmm. There was this one. There was this one research that came up with a number that f- over forty percent, or forty percent of the world doesn't know that Jesus exists. Forty percent. That's 
a lot of people. That's wow. that's over three billion people. That's so many people because the the most populated areas, of course, are not Christian. Mm-hmm. So all those people, they have no idea mm-hmm. that Jesus even exists, and we and we know that he is he's only going to come back when we are spreading the word. So as as a church that focuses so much on prophecy, how can we do to actually be a part of the prophecy and and to and closer to the end of time? Should we be what should we be doing? Should we be hiding or should we be going out and and, and telling people and, and and giving out the message? Mm-hmm. I just I just had that in my mind with what Ashlyn said. Yeah, I think I think the enemy's working very hard to change things. I don't think social media helps. Uh, our, our perspective and the way that we see things nowadays. So I think the world causes a lot of problems. Um, and that's that's to no mistake because the devil knows that if he can just confuse us and change the way that we see things or make us even busier. I can't remember which one of you guys mentioned that we just run through life so fast. Uh, I heard a quote, if the devil can't stop you, he'll get behind you and push you. Mm. And so you run so fast that you f- you can't see like the little miracle that Hey, you know, you have another day of life because God woke you up this morning, and you know those little things. Perspective is all over the all over this planet. Um, I I wanted to share something, and then I'll I'll hit the last question here for you guys. Um, I I try to find something when we do the podcast, something like to compare it to, uh, for example, the, the the Psalms verse. But as I was listening to the message, I couldn't help think of Nehemiah when he came back to Jerusalem. And he saw the city in shambles and just destroyed. There were still people living in that city, but no one could see the walls rebuilt in their, like a vision like Nehemiah could see it. And the way that he was able to see it, they were all so used to like the destroyed walls and the dysfunction. And Nehemiah came in and was able to see something that people even living in that city weren't weren't able to see. So the way that we see things not only changes how we see them, but what we then end up doing with those actions. Um, I want to ask you guys a question, and this can be towards you or for someone else. I'm going to open it up either way. What would you maybe tell yourself, or what would you tell someone who is maybe struggling to see things from God's point of view? Uh, What what has helped you uh, to maybe see things in, in, in God's eyes so your perspective can change on things? And how would you what advice would you give to someone? Maybe you're working. I mean, we're all working on it, but what would be that advice towards someone? I gave a, I gave a speech during core week at the MISPA ceremony, and I was trying to find a verse to share with the freshmen. And the one first that popped out at me was 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. And it says, We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. Mm. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken struck down but not destroyed and when i read that one i'm like that's the one that's sticking with me forever because times keep getting tougher and tougher and tougher as you grow up but as long as god is on your side you're going to keep getting back up you're not going to be destroyed you're not Mm. going to be crushed you're going to be okay every even if it's not your version of okay Mm. it'll be god's versions of okay and that's what helps me get through tough times Mm. love that I feel like something important that helps me is just to wait. Okay. To wait because sometimes I'm just so asking God, can it be now? Can it be now? And I'm right there with you. <laughs> sometimes we just have to be like, you know what, God? 
let me put it on your hands. Let me not worry about it. Mm -hmm. uh, it reminds me of Elijah, if I'm not mistaken. That he was um, so wanting for God to do something that he begins to run away because he's scared That's right. instead of waiting. And um, I feel like myself sometimes. Uh, I feel like, like him sometimes. Mm -hmm. That instead of waiting, I'm just pursuing something that God hasn't even mm. told me to do or not to do. Yeah, I feel I feel so much what Jose just said <laughs> about uh, just uh, wanting an answer quick and wanting something and it's just out of reach. I know personally, uh, I've me and my family we've, we've been struggling a lot because of our visa situation. We're on this process and we're waiting, and it's something that's not in our capacity. There's nothing that we yeah. can do. We just gotta sit back and wait, and and the wait time keeps getting longer and longer. Mm -hmm. And what was supposed to be three months has now been 21 months. And it's it, it feels like it never ends, you know. And one thing that I found and that I found was so for a long time, I, I was praying about it. I was praying and I was and I was asking, please, Lord, please just just make it come back quick. Just just uh, when I turned 21, I lost my my dependent visa for my dad. My dad has an, a religious visa and I'm a dependent of his. And when I, when I turned 21, I lose the visa. I turned 21 in April. And I remember in in the beginning of April and March and February, I was praying so hard, so hard for the visa to, to come back and come quick so that it, I wouldn't get my process denied. And when my birthday came, and when my visa got denied, and I and then I switched to a student visa, and I started to see that maybe the way that I had envisioned and the way that I had thought that it was gonna happen and the mm -hmm. way that I thought his answer was gonna come was not the way that I was mm -hmm. expecting. And I was waiting for I was waiting for this process to come back and I just realized and then and, and I prayed about it and I was like, you know what? God, it's up to you. And you'll do things the way that you feel is better. You know things that I don't. So I'll I'll plan out for if everything goes bad. If all the processes get denied, mm -hmm. if all if I get if I get kicked out of this country, I'll plan for that. Anything that comes, I'll know that it's you. Anything more of that, I know it's gonna be you. And that has given me so much peace ironically because i'm planning for things to go wrong <laughs> yeah. that has given me peace mm -hmm. because and and there's no other way to describe this it's it's just putting trust in him and you can start to see and i've started to see how even if everything goes wrong he can still take care of me mm -hmm. and there is light at the end of not just one tunnel but all the different paths <laughs> sometimes we feel like we're we're stuck inside a tunnel and there's many paths and that they're all dark well each of them have a way out so so that to me is something and i'm still working on it sure of course absolutely it's something that that's really happened and opened my eyes to see well there's always there will always be a way out of this it doesn't mm -hmm. have to be now it doesn't have to be the way i expect it to be I'm still 21. There's, sure. there's a long way. There's a long way ahead. So, yeah, that's one of the things I would say. Thank you for listening to this episode of Elevate Retake. Hope you gained a better understanding of what it really looks like to see things through God's eyes. And be patient. 
and wait for God to perform the miracle instead of jumping ahead of God. Well, you can connect with us through Instagram at the link in the description, as well as leave us a voice message on the Anchor app. It's a great feature that we want you to be a part of. We can connect with you in many, many ways, and this is just one of them. If you send your voice message, we can share your opinions and your thoughts here on the podcast. That's right. You heard that correct. The link is in the description. Above all else, we are seeking to build a thoughtful community through podcasting, and we're so grateful that you're here. If you liked what you heard today, or it maybe challenged you in a new way to think, consider sharing this episode with a friend. My name is Kelvin, and I'll catch you next time on Elevate Retake.